Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. The number of people needed to influence an election is surprisingly small. We've got that story plus biometric Netflix. But first, handing Trump terrifying authoritarian surveillance powers, House Democrats include Patriot Act reauthorization in funding bill. Buried in a stopgap government funding resolution unveiled by House Democrats is a provision that would reauthorize the notoriously abusive Patriot Act for three months, a move privacy advocates warn would ensure America's next top president holds on to terrifying authoritarian surveillance powers. Evan Greer, essentially of the EFF, highlighted the provision on Twitter shortly after House Democrats released the continuing resolution, which would temporarily avert a looming government shutdown. Yeah, it's that time of year again for the fear of government shutdowns by providing funding for federal agencies all the way through December 20th. Wow, House Democrats are ignoring civil liberties and including a three-month straight reauthorization of the Patriot Act with zero reform in the continuing resolution. When the Patriot Act surveillance authorities were initially enacted, they came with a sunset clause to safeguard against the exact scenario where we had an authoritarian, racist, openly fascist president, and yet here we are, and top dims are still supporting reauthorization. So there's the whole PDF of it. Further Continuing Appropriations Act 2020 and Further Health Extenders Act of 2019. And meanwhile, this all kind of swirls around the kabuki theater of the impeachment hearings. But essentially, the latest, as we are taping this right now, House passes short-term spending bill to avert shutdown. The House passed a short-term spending bill November 19th that would avert a government shutdown, setting up a December showdown over Trump's border wall that could fall in the midst of impeachment votes against the president. Legislation passed 231 to 192, extends government funding through December 20th. It has to pass the Senate and be signed by the Swamp Thing before midnight November 21st. This is essentially as you guys are going to be all watching this as we're uploading this video. If not, government funding would expire, causing many agencies to begin to shutter operations and furlough staff. James, we go from furloughs to fascism. <laughs> exactly right. And and this is one of those stories that I suppose, in a sense, I love, but I should qualify that, obviously. I mean, I love how it exposes, as you say, the kabuki theater of all the nonsense going around about the left-right and all of the bickering and everything. No, on the real important issues bipartisan support every damn time uh going back at least to 9-11 but of course before that too but s just so clearly and evidently in this post 9-11 world where there's always bipartisan support for illegal government eavesdropping and wiretapping and whatever else they want to do of course they'll all rally around the flag and protect the state and this exposes that beautifully but people understand what i mean i mean it's a horrible thing but in case you had any doubt about uh, what side uh, it was really on what team here. Oh, they're both on the same team. Yeah, this is how the game actually works. And actually, this is one of those interesting times. I, in, in the spirit of my recent propaganda watch, encouraging people to actually look at the sources, I did go on one of those Easter egg hunts to try to find the actual language, not only in this bill, but then... Well, it, it, when you find the actual clause of the section where it says about the USA Patriot Act, it's referring back to the USA Patriot Act reauthorization bill from 2005. So you go back to that one and then you look at then you find the section that they're modifying. And that section is modifying something about the FISA Act from uh, that was modified in the original Patriot Act. So you're going to go back to that Patriot Act. 
I would encourage people once in a while, at least, just to try that little game. Can you can you go through all this legalese nonsense garbage in these bills and actually find what it is actually saying? Because you'll you'll discover quite quickly this is it's literally unreadable. It's unreadable um, by anyone but lawyers, I suppose, <laughs> and and of course intentionally so. So it's just a jumble of nonsense. So you just have to re- uh, rely on people's characterization of it. But yes, long story short, this does extend some of the worst um, provisions of the Patriot Act that uh, modified rules that had been in place for decades. And it's going to kick it to can down the road for another few months in the ever, ever revolving door of the ever, ever continuing crisis of, oh, God, we're not going to be able to fund government. So shove anything you want into this let's fund government bill. And they've got to pass it because otherwise the government will shut down and whatever will we do? So this continuing crisis, which you'll notice has been going on for, uh, what, at least seven or eight years now with government shutdowns and, oh, we must extend this this, uh, this budget. To, oh, no, it's, it's this constant crisis. And it's always used to backdoor in crap like this that gets bipartisan support. So, again, it's a, it's a very instructive story. Let's put it that way. Well, and, you know, rule by, you know, chaos, order out of chaos. This is, I mean, that's, that's how they pretty much roll. Um, and you make a good point. I mean, all this stuff essentially, not counting the, like, black, you know, black ops off the, off the books kind of stuff, but this kind of, you know, just the open business of technocracy, it is all out there. They publish every single bit of it in giant piles of PDFs. It's like searching for a needle in a needle stack in a lot of ways. James, in her favor, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez basically found out and dug into this and found out. It was like, oh, that's that's going to be a no. I believe she actually voted against this. So that gets us up for, I think, 2020 selection fever, James, on this New World Next Week, episode 392, the Red versus Blue edition, Operation Blackout. 2020 U.S. selection simulation ends with 32 dead and 200 injured. This coming from a very excited QZ.com quartz. A team of hackers last week squared off against the U.S. Secret Service, the FBI, agents from the Department of Homeland Security, and officers from the Arlington, Virginia Police Department in a simulated 2020 national election. According to a debriefing document shared with courts, the imaginary 16-hour day ended in abject chaos. Among other things, a series of vehicle attacks killed dozens of people, hundreds were injured, and authorities were ultimately forced to cancel the vote. And although the United States has earmarked an additional $250 million bucks to protect the 2020 elections from outside interference, experts say this amount doesn't come close to what's needed. The recent role-playing exercise presented a real-world scenario pushed to the extreme, dubbed Operation Blackout. The simulation was hosted in Washington, D.C. by Cyber Reason, a Boston-based cybersecurity firm. The pretend election took place in a fictitious swing state city called Adversaria. A group of ethical white hat hackers, the Red Team, took on a group of federal agents and local cops who comprised comprised the the Blue Team. This is where it gets interesting. Cyber Reason co-founder Yonatan Stream Amit, a former member of the Israeli Defense Forces Unit 8200, the Israeli military's elite cyber warfare team, and his other co-founder on the same team with him, told Quartz, quote, In a country as fragmented as the U.S., the number of people needed to influence an election is surprisingly small. We attempted to create havoc and show law enforcement that protecting the electoral process is much more than the machine. 
We have yet another PDF for you here in the show notes. And again, as always, everything we say is always included in the show notes. Operation Blackout Summary of Events. And we will include just the Wikipedia link so you can learn about all the IDF connections of Cyber Reason. James, they are sowing the seeds of terror one kind of selection sigh up at a time. And we still have a whole other year of this garbage, James. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, just to, the cherry on top of this uh, garbage Sunday is the uh, one of the people in the elite, you know, Israeli cyber hacking squads saying, you know, it's very easy for a small number of people to hack an election. Oh, really? <laughs> How would you know? Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, this is an interesting story, and it does play into all sorts of narratives that we could spin out of this, and that maybe. It looks similar to the last Selection Circus cycle. Um, you'll recall at that time, especially in that summer of 2016, there were so many ill omens uh, of ominous portent that were swirling around in that uh, Selection cycle. And uh, things were starting to get crazy and are people going to start getting going crazy and getting hurt and all of that. I, I wrote an article about it for the forecaster back in July of 2016 called Summer of Rage, Five Reasons This Will Be the Summer of Rage. And then we discussed it a little bit on film literature in the New World Order number 38, The Purge election year, where there was, again, this meme that was kind of floating in the air, thankfully did not materialize into the outright violence and murder and mayhem that uh, that could have um, but again, it's all being ramped up again. And it seems like it's being programmed into the population at this point. But, and here's the thing where I think I'm more hopeful this selection circus cycle than I was last time. I, I, I've come to the conclusion that, yeah, a lot of people are keyboard warriors that talk a big talk about the civil war that's coming and all of this, but they're not actually going to leave their keyboards. I, <laughs> I am less and less a be uh, believer in that people are actually going to get out into the streets and actually do violence. So I think in that sense, maybe it's a good thing. Still, the division is as deep as ever, if not deeper. And of course, I, I'm sure I don't have to speak to Americans here. I'm sure you've all felt it at the Thanksgiving fa you know, family dinner table or whatever, or you will um, encounter that. Uh, the, the types of division and rancor that are very real. And this is just another reflection of that. And as I say, I think this is being programmed into the selection circus to a certain extent. And for my, for my money, this all comes back to economics. I think that's going to be the determining factor in this, whether um, people will really revolt in some major way with violence and mayhem and what have you, or whether they'll sit on their uh, posteriors and continue to eat popcorn and, and be keyboard warriors. I think the determining factor will be economics. And that's where the Fed, for example, has the ability to pull the plug on this phony baloney economy at any time. And if they choose to do that during the selection circus, I mean, all bets are off the table. Well, but we also can't discount the sort of the keyboard warriors who sometimes forget that they're wearing their military issue boots and get out in the streets and start to ramp up actual violence and then they kind of disappear into the into the smoke. Excellent point. Thank you for adding that. Yes. Yeah, there's, I think, a lot of things to kind of watch out for. But again, I think the more positive side is to essentially go, a lot of people might go, you know what? I don't want anything to do with it this time around. <laughs> So we'll have to see. And, and more about Thanksgiving, I think, James, uh, in just a couple of minutes. Our third and final story on this New World Next Week episode reminds me to tell you, as you can always see from behind me, remember to keep your physical media, kids. Streaming services want thumbprint verification for access. The streaming industry believes it has a serious problem. 
password sharing. The solution? Various draconian measures meant to ensure that the only people watching a stream are people who have paid for the privilege, up to and including mandatory biometric authentication. The idea is to start making it annoying for people to share passwords by requiring the use of secondary authentication methods, this according to Bloomberg, periodic password changes, second factor authentication, sending codes to phones. If none of those tactics work, Bloomberg writes, pay TV subscribers could someday be required to sign into their accounts using their thumbprints. And here's maybe the real easy point of this. Fingerprint readers have been distributed to billions of people in the form of their fondle slab, and now companies are looking for ways to capitalize on that. Various companies contemplating these schemes are aware they might prove extraordinarily unpopular with customers. I think we're still probably a bit of a ways away from this, but it's, they could implement it overnight. Nevertheless... Netflix, Amazon, Disney, Viacom, AT&T, HBO, Comcast, Charter are all members of something called the Alliance for Creativity and Entertainment, which has announced it is focusing on password sharing as a means of reducing piracy. Companies like Netflix, which has generally been kind of tolerant of password sharing, have announced they intend to start looking for consumer-friendly ways to push on the edges of that. The original article from Bloomberg, Netflix, HBO, and cable giants are coming for password cheats. James? Yeah, what can you do but shake your head? No, this is one of those stories that to me is, is I don't know the word for it, terrifying in a sense, because there are two ways that this can play out. One is that we go the government route where the government issues some sort of ID and thumbprint, whatever, that for, and, you know, jackbooted thugs with guns are standing over your shoulder making you sign in with your thumbprint in order to get online, or whatever the case may be. But everyone sees that as the authoritarian nightmare that it is, and one would expect there would be a lot of kickback and pushback against that. Whereas the other route is to make it all, it's all voluntary. I mean, no one's forcing you to sign up for any of these streaming services. You're just doing it, and, and they'll just make it less and less convenient to, okay, the easiest way to do it is just scam my thumb. Or the easiest way, you know, is to let Xbox scan my face and read, you know, whatever I'm saying it every time, or whatever it is. It's this kind of passive thing where you're inviting it into your home, and it's just the easy way to do it, and everyone does it, and you're a crazy conspiracy theorist if you think this is a bad thing. That is such a much more effective way to get this technology widely dispersed amongst the population. There's no jackbooted thug with a gun standing over your shoulder. It's just social pressure, and it's just the easy way to do it. What are you, some kind of Luddite? It's the cool new thing. Everyone's doing it. This is how this happens, and this is how eventually, spin this in your mind a few years down the road, this is how the brain chips get implanted, or whatever else, whatever crazy technology is coming, it will be through this method rather than, I think, the government coming in and forcing you to do it. And to me, that's more deeply, as I say, I don't know what exactly what word I'm looking for, but terrifying is one of the words for it, because I see this playing out in a way that so much of the population will simply accept it. Um, not me, but then again, you know, I'm not exactly their target audience here. You got me thinking of a few things here. I just kind of sketched down. As far as the the folklore of it goes, that's what you know. The vampire they can't just burst into your door. They have to kind of knock in, and you have to let the vampire into your house. Uh, another thing, there's a Simpsons episode where Marge gets into online gaming, and she starts to read things very closely. And finally, the wizard in the game is like, "Things are more fun if you just click yes." Again, don't even read the stuff. Just kind of plow forward. 
And again, they can start it by basically saying that, you know, the industry will police itself. That almost reminds me of Tipper Gore and the Parents Music Resource Center. We're not censoring music. The the labels themselves are slapping the, the scarlet letter stickers on the stuff. And then this is also, I think we see what's going on further. Again, they sort of, first they came for the truthers on YouTube. Now they're coming for the retro gamers and toy aficionados. So there's this whole new COPPA act about, you know, what's if you have kids content. So there's just all these sort of different crackdowns coming in all kinds of different ways that, again, aren't twisting anyone's arms. They're, they're willingly going along with it. James, as we wrap up this epic episode of New World Next Week, episode 392, I always like to remind folks I stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday. I like to call it the best damn radio station you never heard. I also have the latest episode of the spinoff from this series, Good News Next Week. Some solutions-oriented stories. Cut your own records at home. We've got some stories about, of course, DIY. For, you know, ways we're winning kind of stories, which I think reminds me maybe... Next week, should we try and do uh, an all-good-news episode for Thanksgiving? Please. Yes. Let's do that. So if anyone out there has any suggestions for good news stories that we should cover next week, please do send them in or tweet them out or whatever way you want to, and uh, we'll try to include them, because I think we can all use a little bit of good news. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, let's leave it there. James, thank you again. All right, buddy. Take care.